consistency is key with anything. And I think that's probably the biggest key to trying to limit having as many challenges as possible. So I would just say be consistent with your job and be organized. They're just the two key things. And look, generally things will sort of fall into line after that. There's a lot of groundwork that needs to go in with that too. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey everyone, Sam here. From London to Melbourne, Alice Getty's real estate career has spanned two continents and eight years. She's an auctioneer and sales manager with Barry Plant and also happens to be featuring in our summer edition of Elite Agent Magazine. So Alice, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate being here. This is the first time we've had the good fortune to interview you for Elite Agent and we're actually based on the Gold Coast, but I read somewhere, even though you're in Melbourne now and you've travelled the world, that you actually grew up here. I did, yes, my neck of the woods. So absolutely love the Gold Coast, but prefer the big city lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Well, as there's not too much difference between the Gold Coast and Melbourne at the moment in terms of the weather, I can tell you that. No, I can definitely second you on that. So, <laughs> Yeah, you've got an amazing career in real estate and you're one of those rare unicorns who's also not just an agent, but you're also a female auctioneer. And I'll get into that in a moment, but I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. We often talk on the show about how people get into real estate. So you originally went to Griffith Uni and did a hotel management and business degree. How did you come to find yourself in real estate? Well, look, I think just with me growing up, I've always been interested in hospitality, food being one of the most important things in my life. And I actually really wanted to be a chef, but discovered I wasn't very good at cooking. So it kind of put a fork in my plans to have that sort of career. I did a school-based apprenticeship throughout the final years of my schooling and then thought, you know what, maybe I'll expand into other areas of the hospitality industry because I like the fast-paced aspect of the industry and also the customer service side. So I thought it would be a good fit for my personality. So Griffith were offering a double bachelor and I thought, you know what, why not try the hotel management side of things and I might be able to progress in other areas. So I went to uni and did the degrees and thought what better place to exercise anything I've learnt than London. Yeah, so amazing. So I also read that you travelled to London and, I mean, eventually ended up at one of their biggest real estate businesses slash chains slash organisations over there, which is Foxton's. So when you got to London, how did your journey go from being in hospitality to ending up at Foxton's? Oh, look, it was a long one. So I started as a food runner at the Savoy Hotel. So that was good and sort of worked my way up in the hotels. I worked at another hotel called Wyndham Grand. The Wyndham chain here in Australia is actually quite big, but over there it was more boutique. So I got to a supervisory level there and then went into a restaurant manager role for a Japanese izakaya restaurant run by an Australian who was ex-head chef of Nobu Park Lane. So I was there for three years doing that and thought, you know what, this industry is far too hard and there's a lot of hard work involved with it. 
Also, you know, your social life suffers. And I thought, what can I do that's going to have transferable skills, especially from a customer service standpoint? And also, you know, I suppose that one of the great things about the hospitality industry is always something's different every day. It keeps you on your feet. You get that aspect, but also, you know, I guess it's rewarding with the hard work. So I was having a conversation with my dad one day and he said, why don't you try real estate? And I thought, you know what? I suppose everybody wants to get into that because everyone loves property, right? But I thought, you know what, for my skill set, why not be transferable to the industry? So I went to a recruiter and went for a bunch of interviews and Foxons was actually the last one that I went to when I went in for that interview. We had 20 applicants that had gone through the same screening process and only two were to get the job, one for sales and one's for letting. So the company culture actually was really, really good. And I thought this is exactly where I want to work. So I was lucky enough to get through. And so what role did you end up starting in? I originally wanted to go for sales, but they thought that my personality was more suited to lettings because it was a much faster paced job. The sales over that side or in London is a much longer process. So they thought we'll put you in lettings and it will be better fit for your personality. It was very high paced. We had a really strict schedule on callbacks and also appointments with the applicants they gave us. So we had targets of like eight appointments a day, one per hour, and you had to show five flats in every hour. So it was really full on job. Gosh, that would have worn a few pairs of shoes out, I imagine. I broke heels all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But I mean, in the UK, property management's a little bit different, isn't it? Because they separate the management side from the letting side or something like that. Yeah, that's correct. So look, they've got letting, sales and then property management. So the letting side is, is very similar structure to a sales role in the, in the effect that you are working on a commission basis. Over in the UK, they do give you a base salary and then you get commissions on top. Whereas here in Australia, obviously, we do operate on a retainer, you know, pending where you work, but majority of agents operate that way. So, yeah, you really had to work hard for your money <laughs> and you're all up against your colleagues. So a very competitive environment. Yeah. So what were some of the big lessons that you learnt there in your first year? Well, being on the ball, you have really have to be on top of what your job and be organised, I think, is the next thing. I think that if you're going to be a really good agent and you want to write some numbers or you want to earn good commissions, you've really got to be organised. If you're not the most organised person, then you need to get help doing it because it's when you're dealing with a high volume of sales, it's a bit of a process to try and make sure that everything's covered and you're servicing your vendors and you're doing the right thing and getting the best results. Yeah, absolutely. At what point did you pursue a career in real estate sales? Well, basically, I worked for Foxton's for nearly three years. And at that point, I'd been in London for six and a half years. And I just got to a point where I didn't see myself there permanently and thought, you know what, I want to go home. So not knowing what would be on the other side here, I thought, oh, look, transferable skills, I'm sure it'll be fine. But it was a completely different ball came when I got back here in Australia. So applying for any sales roles was extremely difficult. Well, when I got to Melbourne anyway, you obviously have to do your agent's rep. In London, you don't have to do anything like that. It's all on the job training with the companies over there. So that was the first step. And I found that it is down here without any form of experience or coming from overseas, people wouldn't really look at you to hire you. So property management was a recommendation from a lot of companies when I went for sales interviews because I didn't have any experience here. So I was really lucky with Daniel. 
basically had to chase him for a job for six months to hire me and was lucky enough to get the job. Amazing. And so a lot of agents will always fondly remember their first sale or a lot that I've interviewed have. Do you remember yours? I do. It was a little one-bedroom apartment in Conveso, which is one of the premier lend-lease buildings in Docklands. So I think I may have been here maybe six weeks or so and then, yeah, was lucky enough to pick that off another agent that had recently left and then got the sale away. So it was a good start to being here, especially being on a retainer. So wanted to make sure that, you know, I was doing everything I could to keep afloat. Yeah. What was your first year in sales like? What were some of the things that you really focused hard on to build the business in the early days? Well, look, I think you've got to have goals that you want. However, you've got to be realistic in what you can achieve as well. And I remember when I got interviewed by Daniel to manage my expectations, he said, look, if you can break even on your retainer in your first year, you're actually doing very, very well. So I've said that to all my staff that have started here with us because we've got this perception in real estate that everyone's making so much money and they're driving Mercedes and doing all these sorts of things, which, I mean, does happen, but you have to do a series of steps before you can get to that point. So that was basically the first goal I'd set for myself just to break even on the retainer. And I actually didn't manage to do it. So I was just short of it, actually. Yeah, but in year two? Year two was to get past that and then actually make some money, which I did manage to do. So through year one of changing that mindset and not having a base salary and having something to fall back on like potentially I did in London with the way that they'd structured it. After that, you do learn to manage your diary better and your your time management better, putting structures in place, obviously building relationships with people and getting your name out there. And the more sales that you did, you know, obviously the more people started to see you and the more well-known you became. So it did get easier, but persistence is key with these things. And you need to have a structure in place to be able to get to that point. Yeah. So someone's listening to this episode because we have all types of people listening, some people in their first year, some people in their 30th year. If you were to go back and give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Definitely don't give up. There's a turning point in this job, which I went across, and I think a lot of agents will resonate with this, unless they were, you know, exceptional from off the bat, because a lot of hard work does go into this. It's not just a matter of standing on properties and opening doors and bang, you've got a sale. But I think it maybe was six or seven months in, just with the pressure of the retainer and being a new agent in the area and trying to get your name out there, I did have a turning point where I thought maybe potentially this job wasn't going to be right for me. And it was sort of at a point where I thought, am I going to quit or am I going to keep going with this? And I decided not to quit. And then After that point, things started to fall into place for me. So it is really tough to start with. But if you really have a desire and passion and want to be in this industry, you've just got to keep going. And if you don't have any traction, I think within the first two years, maybe the area or or maybe where you're placed may not be the right thing for you too. So I never wanted to get into land and house. I've always loved apartments. I like the flats in London. Um, That's been my thing. So I, you know, potentially looked at other options when I was going for interviews, but the reason I harassed Daniel for a job for six months is because I thought, no, apartments is what I want to do. So it doesn't hurt to explore all options as well, but definitely the hard work and that turning point, you've just got to push through and keep going. So now you're the sales manager for Barry Plant at Yarra's Edge. How many people are in your team now? 
We're actually split over two offices. So we've got Burke Street, which is our original office. So we've been here, well, we're the longest standing agency in Docklands. Daniel originally moved from Port Melbourne. So I think he'd be cracking on nearly 18 years now. And then we've got our Yarra's Edge office that we've recently opened, which is great. So we've got myself and a team of four salespeople underneath me. And then we've got our branch manager, Jeff. Amazing. Do you have any tips on growing? It's really hard at the moment to sort of find good people and grow a team. Do you have any tips on that for aspiring leaders at the moment? Look, this market's really challenging, especially with going through COVID and all the sorts of disasters that's left behind us. And I think a lot of industries are really suffering with finding good quality staff. And look, we've had to go through our fair share of, you know, back and forth with this sort of thing too. And it's always hard to find good quality staff and retain good quality staff. But I think maybe potentially it's just the criteria that you're interviewing people on, especially in a niche market like this, you've got to have people that are going to want to love apartments too. So basically all our staff here are living in more or less the inner city or city. So they're living in apartments like apartments. So we've gone through a lot of interviews and found people maybe potentially wouldn't fit into this sort of bracket. So I think it's finding those key aspects with potentials, but it's really difficult in this market to find good quality staff. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone's feeling it a bit. And you just mentioned COVID and how tricky that was, particularly being in Victoria, because I think Victoria was probably the hardest place to be during 2020-2021. How did you get through that period? What were some of the pivots that you made? For us in apartments, we were the worst affected market. There was no doubt about that. I mean, we had neighbouring Barry plan officers writing some fantastic numbers. And, you know, anybody that's up to date on the Victorian sales market some of the sales that have occurred in the suburbs is just insane pricing. So the markets around there have had huge inflation and have taken off, but us in apartments have just been sort of slow and steady. I mean, typically we don't get huge amounts of buyers for apartments here because we do have a mass supply. But through COVID, it was really, really challenging for us because we have a lot of vacancies, a lot of investment properties. So people for doing inspections and things like that, it just couldn't be done with vendors doing video inspections on behalf of buyers to marry that up. So all the agents for the city and inner city really, really found it tough. And what's the market like now? Look, the interest rates have no doubt affected everybody. I think that the suburbs are feeling the pinch a lot more than what we are here because we never had that huge amount of growth. I mean, like I said, we've been pretty consistent in terms of sales. Probably there was a little spike for us here but we didn't have the mass inflation that the suburbs are having. So all the offices are now trying to combat the inflation and the drop on prices, whereas us here, we're just more consistent, just humming along with sales, I guess you can say. But I think it is varying on the price bracket too. So, you know, we've primarily got a lot of first home buyer, owner occupiers in our market. Sort of that mid-range is moving well. Yeah. I imagine that was quite tough for you. And before this interview, I had a quick chat with Nigel O'Neill, who's the CEO of Barry Plant. Hi, Nigel. (laughs) He said, Alice has got the energy of five agents all rolled into one. Yeah, I'm a bit crazy. I'm not going to lie. I think you have to be a bit crazy to do this job. (laughs) You really got to love this job too to want to do it because it is really taxing. A lot of work goes into it. I work six days every week, but I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, 
obviously with the ups and downs of real estate, you know, for someone to maintain that sort of energy, do you have any tips on, you know, because I think energy is everything in real estate. I mean, customers pick it up all the time and things like that. So if your energy is a bit low, what's your big tip for giving it a lift? Have a lot of coffee. That's a tough one, isn't it? Because you will go through troll and error with this job and some weeks you'll have amazing weeks with heaps of sales and other weeks you may do a month and you might just get one property through. So I think for your mental sanity to keep consistency, you know, a balanced lifestyle definitely contributes to that. So for me personally, I do enjoy going to the gym. I think that gives me some mental sanity and clarity before I come into the office and prepare for the day and keeps my energy levels up. So I think if you start off the day well, it it will contribute to how it prevails, but maybe it might be a personality thing as well. So I think a balanced lifestyle would definitely help with this. Yeah, I think there's something a lot of agents struggle with too. So I guess the next question I'm going to ask you is, do you have like an ideal day? Like are you a a 5am clubber or? You know, is is there some sort of a plan that you stick to? Yeah, 5am is far too early for me. But look, I'm not far behind that. I do try and get to the gym for a seven o'clock class. But again, might depend on the day and how late I'm working because sometimes I might be working till 9.30 at night. But yeah, I generally I'll try and get to the gym three to four times a week with some consistency in there. And then after that, obviously come into work and set up my day. But being organized and having everything organized will also help with that as well. Yeah. And so prospecting is a topic that we often discuss on this podcast and different methods of prospecting. What would you say is the one thing, your one go-to if listings were slow that you would always fall back on? Well, we're a little bit unique here because unlike other agents that can door knock and do things, you can't really do that with apartments. And I think if you go and press a whole lot of buzzers on an apartment building, people get rather annoyed with you. So we are a little bit restricted with how we can do that. But look, obviously having data is the most important thing. So for us, basically phone calls. I mean, we have a lot of, well, we did have a lot more investors in our market once upon a time. Docklands is more a heavily owner-occupied area now, but picking up the phone, a lot of people are interstate, you know, potentially overseas as well, but letterbox drops is the next best thing for us. So they're sort of the two means that we've got. We can't have signboards out the front of our apartment buildings either. So we are a little bit restricted there, but phone is the main choice. Main thing. Do you find social media works for you at all or? Yeah, we do. Look, I'm a bit of a dinosaur with social media. So we've obviously got our office um, that does the social media. Jeff, who's uh, the branch manager of our, our Yarra's Edge office, is an absolute legend on social media. He does so many posts and has a good following on there. So I do try and sort of leave that up to him because he's an absolute expert at it. I should really get on it more, to be honest. But I think with my job and how things are, I just sometimes literally don't have the time to be putting up the posts and things like that. So it might be something for me to work on, actually. I think if you've got someone else to do it, more power to you. (laughs) Yes. Well, I did have one of the staff doing that at one point, but he got too busy then as well and his own work became more of a priority than mine. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get on to the exciting bit, which I mentioned right in the beginning of this interview, which is you're actually a qualified auctioneer as well. What led you into that? Point of difference, actually. Anyone will tell you that knows me, I've got a really, really loud voice. People that are walking two kilometres away from me can hear me down the road and they know I'm coming. So 
I thought for me personally, you know, if I've got that skill, you know, there's something I might be able to use with my loud voice. So it was great that Barry Plan offered that as an option actually for career progression and things like that. It's something I've always been interested in doing. We don't do a lot of auctions here with apartments. We do try and do more, but typically it's a more private sale-based campaign style here. But yeah, I thought, you know what, why not? I mean, I'd love to have more female auctioneers around here in the city. Also, there's not that many females operating around the city in terms of agents, Caucasian agents. So I thought, yeah, it'd be a great point of difference for me. And I could offer that service to my vendors too, if they wanted to go down the auction path. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Barry Plant himself was one of the OG auctioneers in the whole industry, wasn't he? (laughs) Yeah, he is. He's really good. So after eight years in the industry, some advice for other agents who might not be as experienced or even people that are sort of like in different areas, what do you feel like is the most challenging part of your work and how do you deal with it? You know, challenging part might be the emotional side of it, especially when you're trying to do the best you can for your owners and maybe you've got things working against you to be able to achieve that. But Look, consistency is key with anything. And I think that's probably the biggest key to trying to limit (laughs) having as many challenges as possible. So I would just say be consistent with your job and be organized. They're just the two key things. And look, generally things will sort of fall into line after that. There's a lot of groundwork that needs to go in with that too. That would be the main two things because that's basically what I built my career on. Yeah, absolutely. So what does success actually look like for you? Because success means so many different things to different people. What does the word success mean to you? Success means to me achieving my own goals. Every year after New Year's, you know, people have New Year's resolutions. I actually set goals for myself in my personal life and also in my working career. So I've had a number of goals that I've managed to tick off. And I look, I've been fortunate to have a great team around me and a company that will support the growth of an individual's, which I think is really important. I think I mentioned company culture before with Foxton's, which was one of the things that drew me to that agency when they did their presentation. And Barry Plant was exactly the same, the company culture here and the support they offer you to be able to achieve those goals. But success to me is progressing with the goals that I've set. Things don't happen overnight, of course, but if you can set yourself some goals and you manage to achieve them, I think that that's a really good version of success. Yeah. And so 2023, what do you feel that holds for the real estate industry? Well, for us, hopefully we will continue pressing forward as normal. I would love to see, of course, more sales transact with apartments and maybe we get a little bit more capital growth around this sort of area. I think that maybe compared to the rest of Victoria, we won't be so heavily impacted, especially with the interest rate rises, only because we do have a lot more first-home buyers in our market now. They're primarily first-home buyers. So I feel that that sort of demographic of buyer, they're not really impacted so much by the interest rates. They just want to get their first home and have a good lifestyle and move into the city. So hopefully more sales and hopefully maybe an expansion on our team here. We're always looking to hire. So if you if you want a job with us, we'd be happy to consider you. Got two offices now, so need to fill some more spots. Amazing. And you probably just had a whole lot of people scribble your name down, but we'll definitely <laughs> leave links to get in touch with you in the show notes and all that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been amazing. 
getting to know you a little bit today. And there's one question I usually ask of all of our guests, but because we're sort of rocketing towards Christmas, I've changed my final question to this. It's nearly time for the big fella to arrive, you know, the guy in the red suit. (laughs) Yep. If you could order a Christmas gift from Santa, either for yourself or for the industry, what would it be? Oh, what, for myself? Like, actually, <laughs> honestly, I'd yeah. buy myself one of the townhouses on South Wharf Drive over in Yarra's Edge. That's what I'd buy myself. They're about $2 million. <laughs> but I, uh, That'll fit in this end. <laughs> I don't think it will fit in, no, but if anyone wants a job and I get a few more staff, I might be in a position to be able to do that. Maybe that could be one of my goals for 2023. I think a lot of leaders are in the same boat as you with, needing good people in the new year and things like that because there's a shortage of them for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I think for the industry, I hope there's a bit more stability out there with what we're going through at the moment. I mean, eventually it will just stabilise and people will just keep pushing through. So hopefully there's not too many more changes. I think 2023 is still going to be a good year. Yeah, I think stability would be a great gift. Alice Geddes, thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate your time today. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joinaliteagent.com. <laughs>